Hatihei Mauriora, Inga Mana, Inga Rio, Ero Rangatirama. Kia ora and welcome to Māori Initiative's podcast show, Tamangai the Mouthpiece, in association with podcast.nz. Thanks for joining us. As each week, our guests share a part of their life's journey to Te Iratangata, improve quality of life. Kia ora and welcome to another session here with us on Tamangai, your weekly Indigenous podcast. We're um, glad to have you with us, our uh, our listeners, uh, called Steve Hutana Taku Ingua, and uh, my bro here uh, called Greg Hutana Ahau. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, as I say, good to have you with us here on the mouthpiece, Tamangai, today. Uh, just to recap, our our week our weekly podcasts are for you, the whānau and friends and people of all walks of life to be informed through storytelling, empowered with relevant knowledge that can assist in improving our quality of life for the whānau, the hapu and the iwi. So nā, kia ora, kia ora, good to have you with us. And uh, this week's uh, focus, we're going to have a little look at the Tūri Whenua Act 1993 and some of the broader aspects uh Around it, what is it? <laughs> How does it relate to us? And what can it offer whānau for Te Iratangata, improved quality of life? So our guest uh, here tonight to help us unpack uh, this interesting document is uh, my good friend, George Hamilton. Kia ora, George. Kia ora, Stephen. Good tēnā koutou there, whānau. Tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou katoa. Kia ora, Stephen. Well, as we do every week, kick off with a bit of a whanaungatanga. I'd love to know, uh, tell our listeners, where's your maunga, bro? <laughs> Where oh, are you from? Kia ora, kia ora, Stephen. Well, my maunga, maunga Taranaki, uh, ko uh, Waka Aotea, and my, uh, my iwi is Naru Henikatu. My hapu is Ngati Hawa, and my marae is uh, Tawati Nui in Otakia, South Taranaki. Mm. My kuru and kui is... I guess I've had the privilege of, of many, but uh, I come from the line of Titukawaru. Uh, my kurunkiri is uh, Rangi Rihi Wakatutu, and Tifanapani uh, is my mama, and my father is Frederick uh, James George Hamilton. It's quite uh, quite funny, actually, Stephen, that um, I've got two great grandfathers of warrior descents in Titukawaru from that provision, but uh, my great grandfather was Colonel William Potter. And uh, of uh, Nati Pro descent, mm, and uh, the queer was Hiri um, Wakapotai. Uh, so oh. that was my fire, and it's really privileged to know that our linkage in the Nati Pro site goes all the way back to Ruatapu. So the descendants of those processes, I who I, who I am today, and I'll touch on that a little bit later in that uh, the facado of genealogy and Wakapapa, and really what that means. And it was a beautiful quarter I had with a a fire who. Uh, we just come back from the Maunga Taranaki, and it was such a brilliant day. I took her up to our Maunga, and we sat up there at uh, the, the opening of Kapuni, right up the Dawson Falls, and our, our little iwi just purchased uh, the Dawson Fall Lodges. And we sat there, and we looked in awe back over our Maunga. But the most important part to us was that it was one of those days where it was, it was magical. I could show fire of our true taonga, a real Maunga to us, what means much to us Māori. And it's really important because in our whole pepiha, we're very important where we come from, our, our whenua. Mm. And today's topic we're going to be talking about is the Tūri Whenua Māori Lands Act, and I'll touch on that in a little while, uh, how it was formed, a little bit about information on who wrote it, 
and some information for people to have a look at, especially the the uh, all of our people. You know, whether it be the Pakia in their part, the Hanimana who are here, mm. the the Chinese, the Indians, because we're all native Indigenous people. We all have a Modi, we have a place of belonging, a beginning. And in generations to come, we go back there in the Wakapapa. So, kia ora, kia ora, Stephen, yeah. and kia ora to the whanau. Well, I just acknowledge that Whakapapa all the way back to Pawa, who was the captain of Harota, and Kiwa, who was the high priest of of uh, Harota when they first came through there, and uh, your whanaunga there, your tupuna coming off that line. Kia ora, uh, Yeah, as, as, as same for me, you know, we... Uh, we um, we come off the same, come off the same waka, bro. Uh, Aitanga Ahuiti uh, to Iwi, um, same same connections. So oh. kia ora. no, wonderful. So uh, George, I was sort of we would just for our listeners, we would I was trying to introduce uh, George, and so he's a tohunga empiricist kaifakahire. And uh, I said, can I have that in English? <laughs> and he came up with this, architect of human solution. Chair. So uh, <laughs> put your belt on, <laughs> buckle up, because this is going to be an interesting ride tonight as we hear from the architect of human solution around the Tūri Whenua Act. Act. And uh, just to, to kick it off, you know, for our whānau, we, we know that you know housing right now, for instance, is, is one of our biggest, almost our number one issue. Aye. Uh, we're nearly, oh, in Tamaki Makoto, we've got something like eight out of every ten whānau don't own a home. More than 50% of those whānau living in the lowest socioeconomic housing. It's something like 70%, oh, seven out of every ten Māori whānau across the nation. So some pretty... Damning uh, statistical evidence that we're struggling in in providing uh, levels of health and well-being to our pakeke and our tamariki, our mokopono. So, I, I, just the reason for bringing George in tonight to hear to uh, open you up to speak with our hear our listeners so they can hear you is because this I've been listening to this George talk to me about this act over the last year, and uh, I think now's the time, especially as the Māori Party is obliterated and into Labour, I think it's perfect time for us all to be a little bit more, A, informed, and then B, educated, uh, as to what can we be doing, what should we be thinking first, and then what should we be doing. So um, I've suggested uh, to George, because there's a lot in this content, uh, listeners, so what we, what I've suggested is we're going to get George back. We're going to start off tonight with a basic slow run, George. <laughs> Very slow. Because uh, yes. you can go turbo, but it'll be all good. And then what we'll do is we'll get George back in, and we'll we'll focus in on other parts of it. So if you don't pick up everything uh, tonight that uh, George shares, because there's a lot in it, uh, I'll do my best to slow him down and to simplify things for us. And then, uh, as I say, we'll get you back in, George, probably another at least two or three times over the year, and and uh, we'll, we'll expand we'll expand on that. Kia ora. Oh, kia ora, Stephen. Just to touch on that part there, and um, yeah, my condolences out to the Māori Party. It was a very special. Uh, night over the weekend, mm. and, and we've got no more wow. seats. But that doesn't change the fact that, um, you know, we can come back and be reformed again and go forward like Tariana had just mentioned over the night. 
But I just want to remind all, all of our people out there, you know, the Māori Party was formed on the back of, you know, the Foreshore and Seabed Act. The Foreshore and Seabed Act is because the government felt that they had the power, empowerment of all Māori and customary rights. And so with that anguish, people took right. to the streets. And then after the Foreshore and Seabed Act, the Māori Party was formed. I suppose mm-hmm. we can look back, we're mm-hmm. looking now 13 years later, and we really got to see, did they really go away from that whole mandate when they first began? We had people like okay. Honey where to jump out, throw his All toys right. out the cot, and he formed his own party. We had the splits and so forth, and got really diluted to the fact we only had two more left. So, but my okay. heart go out to our people out there, and I say, Kia kaha, we are looking for the rangateras to please stand up. And the reason why I spoke about the Foreshore and Seabed Act is really because the Two Defender Māori Lands Act is all about that, and the Coastal Tucker Time of Wana Act 2011, which repelled that, okay. which brings us into the focus of tonight's uh, hui, yep. a little bit of our conversation awesome. of Te Tūtu Whenua Māori Lands Act 93-95, and obviously how yeah. it was formed. Well, we'll kick so off. Yes. I'm going to lead with some pretty, I, I think, hopefully some basic questions, and sure, we'll try and do it. If it. I think it might be easier. We'll do a Q&A. Uh, uh, but first, I just want to acknowledge, uh, uh, George, what you do in your community. George has a – is it a trust, George, the yeah. food, R2R? I have a company called R2R, oh, yes. uh, Charitable, uh, Royce Charities uh, Investment Fund Trust. It was designed to uh, look at how we can help Māori, but most importantly, it's a food okay. bank, and it has an essence yeah. to go and help our people. Not oh, just I enjoy those bananas you drop off, bro. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, the compliments of uh, TG and, and so forth and all those participants out there who allow oh. us to have – their stock, and as long as we give it in the right way, as received, and it's well received out there in the wider community. Kia ora, bro. Kia ora. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Do a great job, bro. You can keep that up. All right. So, George, you're married. You've got three kids. I do. Yeah, I have oh, three lovely children, and awesome. um, I'm just like the rest of the, uh, the, the, the fathers and mothers out there. I've, I've got to write a book on how to get rid of your teenagers. They've kind of worked <laughs> out today how to stay home, become wealthy on us, and um, I'm really frightened, frightened that they're going to stay with me till they're 50. So, um, yeah, if any good people out there, maybe you can come oh, on the podcast yeah. and maybe show us no. also how to get rid of our tamarikis. And mine are 34, uh, 27, and 24, respectively, of today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, the Tūri Whenua Act. Hi. Um, let's start. Let's get rid of the most simple things. Uh, what's the simplest thing I can ask you? Okay, you know, no, here we go. The Modi. What is it? Fair enough. In simple terms, small words, what, what is that act? Okay, well, folks, I suppose we should go back to the beginning. It really started in a reflection of we all heard of the Native Titles Act, and we might be too young for that. So we heard of probably it's more easier just to go back a few more, just a couple of decades, or what they call the Old Māori Affairs. The Old Māori Affairs were overtaken by Te Tūta Whenui Māori, uh, by TPK, to Pony Kokri to administrate today's Te Turi Whenua Māori Lands Act. And the final order, eh? They get and, some of the final order. Well, the final order come a little bit order because, mm. you know, for the Māori land courts to participate, the Te Turi Whenua Māori Land Act come out first. After that, they needed a court to run it, and that's how you got today's Māori land courts, and that's why the court was set up in 1994. You've got to remember that you've got to have all the acts first, and then you've got to have somebody to administrate it after that. That's when the courts come into process. Okay. So... The, the so that's a lead up to this. It was, document. yeah. All right. A lead up to the document. So how it was formed, though, Richard Palmer uh, repelled the New Zealand Constitution in 1986, 
and then the Queen felt in her council that they needed some form of constitution. So sorry, she sorry. appointed. So what did he do? He repelled the New Zealand Constitution, 1986. What does that mean, Mr. Palmer? Well, what? New Zealand repelled had a con- uh, constitution. Well, he, you know, in in the reflection of that, he really wanted to become, um, you know, their own their own rule. He wanted to come really out of the Commonwealth. Okay. Okay. He wanted his own dominion, in in the reflection of that. However, we had the Treaty of Waitangi, and that should have been the embracement of us. And so, what was formed after that was Three law lords, Mr. Whitehead, Mr. Singh, and Mr. Marpedia. These three okay. gentlemen were commissioned to write. These are New Zealanders. New Zealanders. They're all New Zealanders right. here. They're all law lords of their own time, and they're very distinguished men of legislative law. They were entrusted to write from the perspectives of Māori, from how a Māori should put out their whakaro on how they see commerce, Law and order. Te Turi Whenua, Te Turi Whenua, it's about the land and it's about the enactment. So with that, that's why you've got two laws okay. today, Stephen. You've got two laws, mm-hmm. and I always remind it to many people. You have your normal court systems, your councils, your small claims, your district courts, your high court, your supreme court of today. But you also have another court, and people know about this, but they ignore it. You have what they call the Māori Land Court today. Okay. And in the Māori Land Court, it's very special for many of our Māori people who wanted to have a say. And it's a very special place for a lot of Māoris to have their say, and it's all about the land. But the Tūtu Whenua Māori Lands Act was also written for the commerce. And we're talking about the taxation. And most specifically, I'll talk about a couple of little items. Whāngai is one of the words I will touch on tonight. And affordable housing under Section 218 under the Māori Community Purposes Act, written into Tūtu Federal Māori Lands Act. What's that again, the Māori Community... Māori Community Purposes Act. Purposes Act. And it's under Section 218. So it's really Māori oh, yeah, Community Purposes. Yep. In that little book. In our little book. You can get this online, folks. Everything I'm saying tonight is online, registered. It's been around for quite some time. It's been around since 1993. It was commissioned with the Royal Assent. And it got approved, and nobody rebutted it, and it got put on the table in 2003 for legislative piece of law. Most people don't know that it exists, nor do they know how oh. to use it. It was administrated, and it is actioned by Te Pone Kōkiri. Okay, They've got a new office out here in Manukau. So please, folks, just go and see TPK, because they should be able to tell you everything about this book. After all, they're governed and paid by the government to help you. Oh, cool. Kia ora. Right. Uh, why? Sorry, I was just interested. Yes, you're talking about a pretty powerful. You're going to tell us some pretty interesting things. A couple that of little form us, but then mm-hmm. you just started off by saying that virtually no Maori know it exists. Can you just maybe? Uh, why is that? If this is such a powerful document, uh, and it empowers us as Maori to make decisions, particularly on two, the section two one eight housing yes. part, why don't we know about it? Well, Stephen, no, like you know, a straight up, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Straight up, Look, not. Well, how come we don't know about it's this? It's like the elections, it's like everything. I mean, it really comes down to how you were taught and what's around you and the surroundings. You've got Facebook today, you've got Twitter. How that even gave us, the, sorry about the apology, but that <laughs> even gave you Donald Trump today, so let's not forget Donald Trump. And the neo linguistic <laughs> programming, what has happened. And so, with that, people's right. minds are moved 
to be a herd of sheep. And so you got to must remember, Stephen, our, our, our Māori people, well, I'm not saying that we're sheep, but we're a, we're, we're a hapu, we're an okay, iwi, okay. we're a cluster. And we were taken apart and we were told to be individuals. Now, I'm not racist, don't get me wrong, folks, i just got to have a look at how we look at this, the okay. issues. But, you know, why isn't, and the question was raised, why do people not know about Te Tūtu Whenua Māori Lands Act? They do, but they just don't know how to use it and the understanding on how it is to be used. All right. TPK don't come out and literally show you how to use Te Tūtu Whenua Māori Lands Act 1993 and how the act could be used. They wait for you to try and obviously see how you can use it, and that's why they use this for the forms of Maryland Court. This is also going to be used in the High Court. So we have, under the Tūtu Whenua Māori Lands Act, we can also put our claims in through the Maryland Court. Oh, okay. We can also use Section 61 uh, in the Maryland Courts that will also allow us to have it adjudicated under the High Court rules. Well, hang on, what and, does that mean? Well, see, what people this, people think this is customary, but it's also the same court and legislative procedure as the High Court. So it gives us equilibrium. When you have a look at the emblem on the sh- behind the crown, you see a queen and you see a Māori in a cape. Mm, mm. You'll see that on most official government emblems. Yeah. Have you ever asked the question, where is the Māori standard? Uh, and a lot of people would not know what I'm even talking about, and that's okay. But what it means, really simple, is that you have the right as a native Aboriginal person who's born descent as a Māori to practice your own tinoranga teratanga and act your own mana mutahake. And so a reflection of that, you're allowed to write your own customary standards now I want to customary, touch customary, your own customary, customary standards. Standards. It's okay. in the provisions of Te Tūtu Whenua Māori Lands Act under the Treaty of Waitangi. Customary when you go to the front of the book in Te Tūtu Whenua Māori Lands Act, it clearly states there, and we practice it every fifth of February, and we celebrate it. And it's called the Treaty of Waitangi. And I may just quickly read this out to you, and it's written in there where the Treaty of Waitangi established the special relationship between the Māori people and the Crown. And where it is desirable that the spirit of exchange of the kawanatanga for the protection of the rangatiratanga embodied in the Treaty of Waitangi. And folks, I'll just stop there in pregnant pause. Mr. Finlayson made an official apology to Māori quite a few years back, recognising right. the Treaty of Waitangi is a principle and it's something that we can hold on to if knowing how to use it. In the whakaro and the knowledge that it is meant to be presented to all people of mm. New Zealand. Carrying on, be reaffirmed and where it is desirable to recognise that the land is tangotuku iho, of special significance. This means very much every Māori has its own Māori and all Māori are very proud of their land. That's why they speak it in their, you know, their pepeha and so forth. And we're all proud of being New Zealanders. But we hold that significance because it's in our... DNA, mm. as indigenous people, Aboriginal indigenous people. And that part there sure. is something that we should always remind ourselves of. So just moving on. And for that reason, to promote the retention of that land in the hands of its owners, their whānau and their hapu, and to protect wahitapu. Wahitapu is a very interesting word. Right. And that's a customary meaning because we have kōhatus and we all have our own wakapapa and that's special. What I must remind every all parties that we don't go out 
and put our laundry out to the public. It holds us. That's our waka papa. That's right. our taonga. So we keep that. And normally it's handed to the next one down, and they hand it down and down and down. And it's normally orated in the carvings and the tukutuku panels and waiata and haka. But today they want us to put it on iCloud and show it to the public. And so, you know, times are changing. But it doesn't mean that our customs have to change as well. The kohatis are still there from Mayano. Mm. But they're the significant part to our customary beliefs and systems. So moving on, and it's all the Go principles of the Treaty of Waitangi. And to facilitate the occupation, development, and utilization of that land for the benefit of its owners and their whanau and their hapu. I just want to remind everybody that, you know, it's, it's a beautiful part that I can be here just to express my expression of interest on a vested interest. A vested interest means this to me, and it is my thoughts, and I'm happy to teach this to all parties. It doesn't matter whether you have a thousand shares or you have one share. As long as you can have your say and you can put it in the right context for the benefit of all, that's what a vested interest means. And so we have a lot of people thinking, oh, we only got, there's a hundred people on one acre, what can we do? That's exactly what the other people want you to do, to walk away. But if you all put your heads together and you looked at that acre as Taungatuku Iho, you could rub it, and like the old saying says, is that the diamond will appear. And so to me, those parts of their vested interest, you all have a say if you can turn it into the field of dreams for that what is what you will build in the future. Well, okay, George, so just, just pause there. Sure. So I think that really sort of sets the stage for uh, this document, Mm-hmm. In a sense, uh, the empowerment of bringing us together as indigenous tenorangatera, people of the land. Uh, so, all right. So, what next? Well, I just want to finish this last part off because yeah, it's really fin- important. Yeah, finish that off. Because it's, it's about the economics. Awesome. So, folks, I'm also going to touch on uh, Māori taxes and so forth. Yeah, and, yeah. and come and challenge your chartered accountants. And I, cool. and I encourage you to do so and ask them some simple okay. questions because <laughs> it is worth some good... Should we say I some, hope you're taking some notes. to you? <laughs> but moving on, just from that part there, because it is important, this part. Māori people, and for that reason, to promote the retention of that land in the hands of its owners, their whānau and their hapu, and to protect wahitapu, and to facilitate the occupation, development, and utilisation of that land for the benefit of its owners, their whānau, and their hapu. And where it is desirable to maintain a court to establish the mechanisms to assist Māori people to achieve the implementations of these principles. Now, what they meant about that, folks, was about your economic value and what it means to you and how to turn that into your own wealth, Mm. how to utilise that. I may give you an example. The airwaves. How many of you understand that you're entitled to your royalties under the Crown Mineral Act? I won't go into that tonight. There may be another topic that I may be invited to come and talk back, and that's about the Crown Mineral Act. It's totally separate from many other acts. But mm. isn't it quite amazing that we all got cell phones today and we all pay a fee? But that fee, and you look at your back in the treaty, I just finished speaking, it's Wairu Tapu. We own the strata title. We have the right to the airwaves. So we are the royalties coming back to each hapu, iwi. The development funding is there for you to go and ask, but hence the reason why our company was designed to look at applications on behalf of all katoa, not just the one. And for many, because of that reason, you should have a look at Crown Mineral Act, Nahapu, if you hear me. 
You're entitled to 2% of all royalties. It's already written in there. Have a look in their pages. I won't go over that tonight because I've only been asked to talk about Tetuti Whenua Mai Lands Act. And you are one, we are one of the wealthiest nations, the richest. I've had the fortunes in my life, Stephen, to go around the world. And I've been looking at all different types of housing mm, projects, materials, yeah. and so forth. Yeah, we were looking at one tonight here on the desk. Yes, and I've been wow. very blessed to go around with many people. I just come back from Korea with 50 million people, and we've only got 46 I've been over the United States, I've been to the Native Americans, I've been to the Maitis, I've been to Canadians, I was over there. They just got their sovereignty back in April of last year, recognised as the French Indians. What a fantastic Yo, achievement. Uh, After hundreds mm. of years, they finally got recognised, folks, that's right. And I've had the privilege of going to places like the Solomon Islands, PNG, to our brother nations, to the Pacific Islands, such as Tonga and Samoa, and seeing the different relationships that we have. And then I come home, and I like most Māori people when we come home, if we've travelled many times, and to most all New Zealanders, we come and hug that ear. And everybody knows what it's like to hug the ear when you come back in Auckland, <laughs> Wellington, Christchurch. It's a bit colder, but it's ours, and it's fresh, and it's not populated, if that makes any sense to all these out there. And what does that mean? Because we have so much wealth that we don't really know how much that is. But as a beneficiary to the state, which we touched on, Stephen, a little bit earlier, we're not given that choice because the incorporation guards it very well. Mm. Mm. And in that reflection, hence the reason why I'm based in Taranaki, I'm based in Tamika Makaoro. Taranaki has all the ore rigs, but they hold all the fracking material too. All the poisonous, nasty stuff's around the whole lot and the mutu in New Zealand go to Taranaki because they license for. Our right. people haven't even woken up. The land mm. of Hawara where they've got the, the big waharoa, uh, milk station Right You know So I, I say out to our people out there We've got a lot of Think big projects out there And the emissions You might want to go Monitor the airwaves You might be very amazed On what the pollution Goes in the airwaves Just as a As a token Because it still falls Under the rights As tonga to whenua As kaitiaki To look after your whenua Wherever you live Aye And we do that um, And so Today's talk is about more importantly about Section 218, but I want to touch on one word which really to totally tututed yeah. to me. It's really something that is close to my heart, if I may. Well, just before you start, Dan, sure. so we've just heard you give us uh, an overview, as I said before, to the document, and uh, here, here is this mechanism it is. Uh, for our whānau hapu iwi to to look at and utilize i mean i just listened to that intro and i'm just my mind's already just stirring so just take another step here I, the next question i'd like to to ask is so now we know there is a document we kind of know what it is there were some big words in there uh, but we kind of got a overview Let's move on to the part in here, the section 218. 218, okay. So, George, tell us, why is that, what is it? Why, is, why do you think it's important that we know about it? And then after that, we'll just see where it goes, but maybe what should we be doing with it? So what is it? How does it fit? And what should we do with it? Okay, well, before we start, one of the words why, what's so important for the start of um, the, the word whāngai, uh, yeah, and the principles of Te Ture Whenua Māori Lands Act, it really means this, a person adopted in accordance with the tikanga Māori. And the tikanga of each Māori are different as far as iwi go. And so remembering that, that should give you, that's also the founding documentation of Te Treaty of Waitangi, 
That's your immigration document. So I always ask this question that if you were to go and get some outside assistance, all you have to do is whangai them in. But how does the Immigration New Zealand look at it today? Would they let you do it? Very mm, interesting, folks. Yeah. And that's the development of economics, for Māori economic development. You have a lot of people overseas who would love to come and help your hapū in developing your economic strategies. Yet, are they allowed to? It's a good question to ask, folks. Check it out. And I think it's a, worth, a word that you should look at because it embraces all of the tikanga, all of the teachings from, from yesteryear when our Tupunas used to go on their walkers and they used to leave these shores. Mm. And, we were, and we, were, we were traders, folks. We were, we were real actual traders. And yet, are we still allowed to trade today? So what does that make us? Are we right. Maori or are we just beneficiary to the state? However, Stephen, I will come back to the beneficiary of the state because you did ask about the Section 218, and it's very important. So for all you folks out there, um, if you can get on to the internet, pull up to Tūtu Whenua Māori Lands Act, go to Section 218, and it's defined as Māori Community Purpose. Māori Community Purpose. Māori Community Purpose. Now, there's the third word in there that is so special to this, and it's called Income. I like the sound of that. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful word. But it says where any income of a trust constituted under this part is to be applied for Māori community purpose, the trustee may provide money for the benefit or advancement of any specified beneficiary, any class or classes of beneficiary, or the interest of any hapu associated with land belonging to the trust and its members, whether directly or indirectly. Now, I'll just stop there and pause. Well, George, actually, I would like to suggest that um, <clears throat> if I could take that, which part of that 218 at the, at the, right here, at the very beginning? Yeah, yeah, here you go. It's, it's this part <laughs> underlined, eh? Yes. Okay. So or maybe I'll just read out a few parts and get you to just break it down. Is that's that all right? Yeah, that's fine. Because, man, I just listened to what you said, but actually just went in one ear and out the other. It's just, there's so much there, eh? So let's break it down uh, so our whānau at home can just have a kind of get an understanding and so can I. Okay, so this Māori Community Purposes 218, number one, where any income of a trust – well, let's start with that. What's So you, what's this – Reference to a trust. I, we're a no We live in Henderson. We, we don't have a trust. Well, folks, it's like this. You're a non-profit organisation or trust. Most Māori organisations are. Or you can apply for the full charitable act, which allows you the full tax exemption. Now, when that means full tax exemption, any income you bring in, as long as you utilise it for the your trust deeds and you've been approved by internal affairs, you're allowed to keep all income and you use it for... The purposes of your trust. Please, folks, check out your charitable act and you will see that you're fully exempt 100%. And how this works, very simple. Stephen, you come and do some mahi for my trust. Okay. Okay, as an architect. Yep. And the funds that normally would go to you, let's say $10,000 here. Yep. Even though that's a quite light in your standards, it would come <laughs> to our trust. Okay. Our trust then administrates it on all the provisions that are on section 2 and 3 and I'll get you to read them out, what you can use all the funds for. Remembering, folks, here's the important part. What you've gone and done now, the biblical poor code of IRD, if you have a look at any of your paperwork, you will see IRD. 
You've been neurolinguistically programmed in green. There's a reason for that. So your eyes will see it. But underneath that, did you ever see a little Māori name underneath there? Can any of you guys tell me what it is? You've had, you're quite senior people, so you would have seen your paper come in every year. Okay. Uh, <laughs> can you tell me that, please? It's called Te Taritaki. And most people don't see okay. it. Because we're not programmed to look at it. We're programmed to look, anything underneath, okay, is belittled. That's the reality of how grammar is spelt. Okay? So you put Te Taritaki, which is you now, the charitable trust, you put it on top of IRD, and now you okay. command where your income goes. So what you've relatively done, Stephen, is that you've taken away the PAYE, what goes to IRD, right? and where they administrate it on behalf of you, where now you've empowered your trust to administrate it on behalf of the trust deed. Right. So how does that work for affordable housing? So just imagine, Stephen, we had 10 of you, okay, that you were doing income-related parts with the yes. trust, a relative income coming at $10,000 a week. That's $100,000, Stephen. Yep. Okay, now 20% normally would go to IRD. That's $20,000 of taxes. Right. But yep. in this case here, the whole lot come to us, right. into the trust. Our trust is then to administrate it. Now, if you'd like to read out where you can administrate all these two, because it's already written, folks. It is legislation. Okay. This is the rule of sin. This has been given the full pardon. There is nothing that I'm telling that you don't already know today. You can check online and challenge your chartered accountant, because the chartered accountants of today do not give total respect to Māori conditions of economics. I was just sitting here today talking to a fine young Māori boy, and he was really astounded that he didn't realise he could have been on 17.5 cents of the dollar under Māori iwi authority tax rates. Instead, his fine company, even though it's making thousands of dollars, he's getting charged 28 cents. Now, these, the, the parity was to assist us because we're already behind the times. We've got to look at our large sectors of our beneficiaries in jail today. We've got to look at it's our get, large... It's going up. It's going it's, up, mate. What a business. There's a 54 What a fantastic business. Yeah, un- with all this technology we have, I would have thought, and with all this funding we got, you would have thought it, would, it should be going down. And that's another topic for another day, but let's stick to the co-papa of Section 218, and if you kindly read out how you could use this, okay, uh, for the greatness of it. And TPK, folks, by the way, to Pony Corkley know about this, so go and see them down in Manukau. Okay. I'm sure they'll be able to help you out. Okay, so I'm reading for number A, the promotion of health. Please, Is yes. that the one? Yes. So a, promotion of health. Uh, number one, by installing or making grants or loans towards the cost of installing Water supplies, sanitation works, and drainage in Māori settlements, or do you want to read on number two? By promoting, carrying out, or subsidising housing schemes. So we just pause there, Stephen. Mm. So how does that work? Subsidise the Māori housing mm. schemes. Wow. I mean, we've got a shortage of houses. Do we really have a shortage of houses? Mm. I think it really comes down to basic affordability, the word affordability, Stephen. And it comes down to the relationship on how you can keep your, your funds as a collective cluster if you qualify under the Charitable Act and then utilise that tax money, which would right, normally right, go to right. IRD, and then okay. you put that into your Māori housing scheme, which you're entitled to do so. There isn't any tax accountant out there who could probably turn around and say they know about this. And it's not because they haven't been taught this. This is legislation that's been around since 1993. It got passed okay. into 2003. We're now 2017, so it's not like this is new. We just had, I've got to thank Urudor Flavel for one uh, part here, going around and waking people up to do the Te Tūtifenua uh, Māori Lands Act reform bill. 
What it did do is started ringing in people's ears. What is this bill? What is it all about? Mm. It's quite mm. amazing when you look at Black's Law's Dictionary, Dictionary 1, folks, Black's Law Dictionary, yes, that's Black's the words. Law Dictionary. That's the words of the now spoken legislative people who go and get their law Black's degree, become barristers, solicitors, and become judges, high court judges, Supreme Court judges, Privy Council judges. Okay. Okay. So that's the that's where their wordings come from. But land, very interesting, Stevens. So can I just uh, I'll just go back to number one. It yeah. actually said at the end there drainage or works. Well, Senate uh, I was talking about installing water stuff. Age. Oh. In Maori settlements, is this what we're talking about here? Because I don't live in a Maori settlement. I, well, at the moment, I live under a, a, a title. That's correct. Title so, like the rest of Tamika Makoto. Well, well, that's a touchy, pr- a touchy subject. But may if I can probably help you out there a bit. So titles are just titles. So it's what your notices. Now, if you look under status under one two nine under the section under this book, the Tutu Federal Lands Act, there are six abbreviations of land statuses. And one of them is general title that most people understand. But, Stephen, just to help you out, as soon as you give council notice that this is general title owned by Māori, then Te Tūte Whenua Māori Lands Act will now come enacted for you. But you sorry, must give notice to the council. Sorry, George, it's just, let's go back. Can you sure. say it again? Just just a bit slower. Okay, so... In what? We, we have a status of land titles. Status of land titles. Most people okay. don't understand the statuses. But if you go to section 129... Yeah. One two nine, one two nine, part ten. One two nine, and you'll see status of land. Okay. It's so important, folks, because this is about how they claim the status and the protection, one, or how they oh, here they are. enter yeah, yeah. your land. Yes, I'll, please I'll read, read it out, out eh? please. Part six, status of land. Uh, one two nine, all land to have particular status for purposes of Act Number One. For the purposes of this Act, all land in New Zealand shall have one of the following statuses. Māori, this A, Māori customary land, B, Māori freehold land, C, general land owned by Māori, D, general land, E, crown land, and F, crown land reserved for Māori. <laughs> and, and it's very, very important because we have some special um, statuses on what you can do on each of those six topics. It's another, probably another process that we can do just on that alone. But what Stephen didn't realise, folks, is that even oh. though he has his sections there on, on general title, I'm sorry about that brother saying that, but he can also give notice to say that it's also owned by Māori. Now, there is a very good reason for that. And there are rebates for people who have Māori freehold land. You can just make your application to the council, and it's a different rate because of that. So you get, a, you get monetary um, gains yeah. just by given the correct yeah. title to your whenua. Okay. But we all know at home that we can't do that because the banks won't loan us a mortgage. It's not the banks. No, no, no. This is about rates. Sorry. So oh, this oh, isn't about rates. the mortgage. Okay. okay. And no, Stephen, no, the, the cha- it has turned now because now you've got different now fa- facilities such as Kiwi Bank giving out loans to Kainga Whenua Home Loans. Even though I wrote a paper about that, talking about the racial discrimination when they increased the Welcome Home Loans up – and they kept the okay. Kainga home loans the same. How can we be the same and yet the welcome home loans go for everybody else? And so there are special provisions. If you can provide the correct paperwork, the serviceability, they will increase your Kainga Whenua home loans, folks. Yes, folks, you're hearing it from me. Okay. Wow. Up. But you must then obviously show that you can afford it. Now, the yep. Kainga Whenua home loans is from Kiwi Bank, but the underwriter is Housing New Zealand. 
Okay, so there was also a Westpac, eh? But did they drop it? No, Westpac was don't it, hold wasn't that. There another one. They, they have many many schemes. There's only one who oh, okay. back, and that's by Housing New Zealand, and that's the Kiwi Bank at this okay. particular point. So, if you got Māori freehold, you're speaking about mortgages, but we'll just stay with the uh, section two one eight because we can talk about that. Because I can show you remedies and remedies, folks, about how you can make any house affordable today. And that may be another time that we can air this, yeah, and I'd yeah. love to. Sure, sure, sure. Yes. So just again for those listening in, we're kind of unpacking the Tūrua Tūri? Whenua Act 1993. Yes, that's correct. And, and it's, it's quite incredible. We're, we're, there's a lot in it. So what we're doing is just taking simple steps to understand. If you go to number three, um, Stephen, it's very yeah. important because what happens, folks, sure. is that um, as I'm taking Stephen's money as the trustee of the Charitable Act, okay. um, basically, <laughs> how do we give them back? Well, there's a relief <laughs> path there, and Stephen's about okay. to read it out. Okay, I'll do two and three. Yes, please. Uh, number two, by promoting, carrying out, or subsidizing housing schemes, or by making grants or loans for any such schemes, or number three, by providing, subsidizing, or making grants for medical, nursing, or dental services. Keep going. Oh, okay. B? Yes, please. Uh, the promotion of social, cultural, and economic welfare. Do you want me to read them down? Okay. Keep going. Number one, by making grants or loans for the relief of poverty. Stop there. Wow. Now, just that alone will now cover everything of your needs. Because the word relief is a constitutional word and it's actment of charitable acts. You put relief in front of everything, that's there, the art of giving. Now, in the reflection mm-hmm. of you giving your time, your said equity to our trust, the charitable trust, ours is to give back. That's what the co-pupple, the application is all about. You apply and you go into the trust deeds. That's what the trusts are all about. Now, there's multiple folks that this Tatuti Venomai Lands Act under economic development for Māori can provide for all. It was given to all parties. I cannot turn the tap off. I heard a nice little story about uh, a queer, and I want to go and share this. If she's out there, she'll hear it because I give credit to her. And she did a little class in the Kohanga Reo. And she says, Mokopuna, Mokopuna, come here, tell me, tell me, tell me. And she had about eight of them right. there. Beautiful little, oh, yep. little you know, tamarikis. How many people does it take to make you, Moko? And they put their hand up and they go, quick, 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 uh, uh, two. And they start laughing. She goes, very good. So she writes it on the board. Aye, aye. Okay, so who made them? Oh, Koro and Queer. Oh, good. is that two? Oh, aye, another two. So how many now did it take to make you? Oh, that's Tahi Rua Torufa. Oh, very good, Moko, very good. Oh, oh. And, and then Rangi steps up. Oh, Queer, my other Koro and Queer. Oh, very good. Tahi Rua. Oh, kia ora. So how many we got now, Mokos? Tahi Rua Torufa. Rima Onu. And there were six. And so then they looked, oh, what about their papa and mama? What about their papa and mama? And it goes back, folks. And that's how we were teaching our children waka papa. And in that waka papa is the DNA of our tūpuna that we speak of today. Te Tūri Whenua Māori Lands Act is about the Urupas, about our people who sit there, who hold the ahika. Our children of today go over to Australia, to Europe. They go everywhere. But our remains still stay here as Ahika. We're a very unique nation. We're a very unique culture. We have treaties that hold us together. 
Yet we have no mm. idea why and how they do. Mm. If we look at yes. why today, Stephen, you're an architect and you're a very good architect, in your DNA there would have been mm. the navigators, okay, in your whanau, and then that sure. DNA would have sure. come down. So that's how we are made. It's, mm. it's in our culture. It's in our DNA. You cannot wash it out. Today when you wake up or tomorrow when you wake up in the morning, you can't wash the Māori out of you. No. We may think that oh. we could be something else, and that's fine, but it's in you. And even if you deny that fact, which you're entitled to, all living blood people can, mm, mm, mm. it still remains the same of who your DNA is from the past. So this document is a report, and the writers who write that wrote this, the three law lords, Maperia, Whitehead, and Singh, had very strong foundational legislative processes they had to put together so it could be expressed from a Māori point of view to others out there. So when you read this book, it must be read from the point of view that you're sitting in there and you're expressing your views out there from a customary, a spiritual okay. way yeah. on how yeah, yeah. the interpretation, because the act is your act. You are enacting this. The legislation, the Maori land courts were designed a year after, to give you that abbreviation, to give you that right. ruling. Right. But folks, I must remind yourself, the Maori land courts are there to, only to administrate the act. You as the people hold the power. You have to pick it up. They're there mm -hmm. to stop the utu. That's really what they're there for. We have now got better clothes, faster cars. The Wairua Tapu is on Koro Google because we own it. I'll keep claim mm. that one. <laughs> okay, we've got Twitter. We've got all these fast things moving. But it still doesn't change the effect when you go into court and trying to get a tucky that you've got there out there recognised. They have Panui's going out there. That's why it's gazetted. Mm. You've got to this, these rules in this book here to constitute you how you even do your succession. You have Māori land courts. You have the registers out there. Their job as administered people is to assist you. Do not turn okay. away. Do not let them make their job too easy that they say, fill out your forms on the internet. No, Cole, we are kinesthetic. We're out there. We want people to understand what we say and what we mean because we don't necessarily write the right words down there. I speak on some of the people like myself. Age of 37, I read my first book. I didn't read till I was 37, and the first book I ever wrote God bless himself. He, he taught me. His name was Valerica Chiron Dimitri. And he taught me how to trade the commodities. Okay. But he taught cool. me well. But he taught me that I didn't. I needed glasses. And I fell through the crack. And that's why I couldn't read a book. I, I went like to sleep. Glasses. Mm. And yeah. so everything that I had to go and do, I had to do three times longer, harder. And I had to listen and practice because I just didn't know any. I couldn't read or write. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm now 51. George, sorry. Oh, interesting. It's just um, I'm just reflecting on our situation, and, and and this might be true for a lot of people listening. You know, our grandfather, he he gave all the inheritance that should have come to my father to his second wife, and it seemed like at that time there's so much of that stuff went on that that for us, for instance, there's been no inheritance for us to receive from that side of the family. Nor has there been any from the other side because of alcohol and you know smoking and that kind of lifestyle, so you're kind of left defenceless and by yourself, and so you make your own way, and that's oh. kind of a part of the reason why 
you know, so many Maori just kind of are in isolation. It is easy right. to run off to Australia and not be connected because mm. there's nothing to be connected to for many people. And let's so, be clear, we're talking 110,000 Maori over there. Mm. Just put some context to our listeners at home. What Greg is saying is true. Uh, 110,000. But putting that aside, I mean, the part of the reason we've started this show is to assist people with hope. And the message I'm hearing from yourself is there is a way forward. And that's what we're interested in now because we leave that past behind us and we make a choice to move on and and, and to look at things through a different perspective these days. So I really appreciate what you're sharing tonight because to me it, it... you know, if we to listen, if we go back as listeners and listen to this again and again until we pick up the points that matter mm. Mm. from what George is sharing tonight and what he'll yeah. share in future episodes, Kia I think Yo, we're there's a way forward. So, yeah. and in this show, it's all about a way forward, not what's yeah. happened in the past. So, yeah. really appreciate that. Yeah, and I just want to, I just want to uh, acknowledge uh, Titafaya Harawera. Uh, you know, she's she calls a spade a spade on this. You listen to Radio Wati when she's leading. Man, she's calling this stuff up. She is calling us to account. And, and I, you know, we're all hearing that message and we'll bury our head under the pillow and, oh, you know, it's too hard and that you give up and it, it, you can't get out of the hole, you know. Uh, our whanau have been there. We've been there. Uh, our our mum and dad working in a dad, mum working in an acid factory, eh, Greg? Mm. Having paid for her for her lungs her whole life. The old... My dad, our dad working on the roads, you know, dead at 48 years old. Uh, we, just to our listeners at home, you know, we, we, have, we have felt this, uh, this mate Māori, this negative noa impact. But that's in the, in the back. What mm. we've got to do is take the, listen to the likes of Titafaya, who's telling us to air to stand up and actually forge your futures. And, George, you know, you're presenting this document with us tonight. It's a bit sensitive to all of us, eh? If you're right. Māori, you know, you know, something broke my heart, sorry. Just just last week, oh, Pastor Paul Wehungi up at Kaikwe, you know, make, making, made a mention, oh, yeah, oh, there's a good building program going up, up north, all right? Parimarima Prison is big extensions going right. on at Parimarima. So no worries. They're, they're they're accommodating, you know. So the, this is the reality that we are in right now. And um, if we don't, if not now, when? If not us, who? Kia ora. Yeah, kia, kia ora, Stephen. Uh, may, may I just add that to you too, Greg, just on that part there in kia ora. I mean, you know, a lot of our tupinas, I mean, they went before in, in the good parts of our uh, whakaata way back, they used to, um, you know, whakatau, they used to go and... Um, Embrace their children when they travelled, and they become traders. You know, we can still do that today and make our children diplomatic community go through internal affairs by right. announcing our children are our traders. Oof. And it's something that would be a challenge to all to go and give that notice to internal affairs that our child should have diplomatic community because they are nafano hapu katoa trader. Right. And so you're entitled to do that, and so that way they never lose that part because when they go over there, they trade with. The whakaaro with their papa and their mama, their kōra and their kuia, their whenua, mm. their tōpū, the whole process. And it, you already have it, just that we have forgotten. But may I just add, to come back to the part of Section 218, that part there allows you the Māori Economic Development to utilise all of your funds for all of those provisions. It's a good three pages to it, and it's a yeah. peace of mind for you to utilise. But let me give this another part. You go to Section 342, now that's a beautiful part. All right. Because 
That part there, I'm just going to get Stephen to read out the top of it, and then I will just come in there just to give you an abbreviation because it is beautiful for Māori land holders. But not only that, if you're a general title holder, you change your land back into something of significance, you're entitled to do this as well. Just remember that there are processes that you must follow. It's right at the back, bro. Underline oh, yeah. for you. It's on the very back page. That's right. And underline. Okay. Just so I, I made it underline because my nickname, the Mary Potter, I have these little <laughs> spectacles. I was given uh, some glasses to wear so I wouldn't get so tired on these yeah, podcasts bro. and so forth. Uh, I appreciate them as a taonga, and they certainly give me the wisdom to uh, appreciate the time that I'm here with Stephen and his brother on podcasts and introducing okay. Te Tutifenua Māori Act. So we're on the back page here, Part you, 18, Stephen. Miscellaneous Provisions. Correct. To read that out, eh? Thank you. So number 342, Protection of Māori Land Against Execution for Debt. And there, stop there, Stephen, just a moment. So, folks, this is about the execution of debt on your whenua. If you're always scared about the mortgagee coming along, mm. I was trying to encourage the banks that Māori are the best people to have for a mortgage. Why? Sure. Because we've got a Māori trustee to back us up if we can't facilitate our serviceability. Please continue. Okay. Number one, except as provided in Section 343, no interest of any person in Māori customary land and no beneficial freehold interest in Māori freehold land shall be capable of being taken in execution or otherwise rendered available by any form of judicial process for payment of the owner's debt or liability, whether in favour of Her Majesty or of any other person. Stop. Okay, so folks, just on there what Stephen's reading about, you know, you just can't mm. come along just because you're a bank and you think you're going to take the land because we didn't pay for it. That's not the not the way. See, hang, on put- minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. So just simplify it. I, if I had a mortgage, if I had a mortgage and I can't make a payment, the bank withdraws on okay, the... The banks are not just come along and take your land away, yeah. okay, in debt, okay, in yes. favour of Her Majesty. You must remember that because it's Māori freehold land or customary land, under Section 242, you can get a court order, okay, and the Māori trustee is meant to come and pay your debt. Under, and if, like under, an underwriter. Uh, please read the Section 242. You can get an order under Te Tūrewhiro My Lands Act, folks. Yeah, that's right. I'll say it again. Section 242, okay, allows the banks to get an order for the Māori trustee to pay your debt because no land can be alienated. That's the difference. That's why this book was written for the understanding. It will take some time for people to even believe what I'm saying today. It will take a lot of reading to understand the words that put out there because it's so simple. But when you simplify it, you take your time and you read it like a simple Māori, you will find that it will fit you like a glove. It will fit you like a glove. Okay. So we're quickly closing out and we've barely started. But I actually think it's a really good place to be. I think mm-hmm. it's good. It's good. We know one of the things I said tonight, we didn't want to rush through this. We wanted to take sure. our time. Uh, appreciate your going at our pace. Nati Potter, George. George, can I just say yeah, sorry yeah, okay, before okay. we wind it up? Surely. One question we ask each of our guests, and um, this being your first time, we'll ask tonight. For our young people who might be listening, or their mums and dads, or their caregivers, um, just with so much issue at the moment with you know hopelessness for our young people and and from you know people in general, 
Um, you've shared tonight about some of the keys to helping get 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 things moving in, in terms of the land and and our standing on it. Do, would you have any conversation for people just to encourage them that you know what? It's better to wake up tomorrow morning and to have another go than to take the other option, which a lot of our young people are taking at the moment. And you said you've got three young, youngish uh, <laughs> members of the family still at home. So do, do you have a word maybe for people who just need a bit of hope around that tonight? Yeah, folks, look, I, I deal with a whole lot of issues, especially with the youth. And it seems to be that we always want what's out there, but sometimes it's beyond our reach. But a good friend of mine, he really gave me a facado and, and said, hold this close to you. And he said, as long as you can put the picture in front of you and you do one thing towards that goal, that picture, you'll certainly get there. So when you wake up in the morning, get up with some enthusiasm. Put a picture that means something to you. It doesn't matter what it is because your paradigm is your paradigm. Make a montage board. Look it up. A montage board is just a picturary board that what you want to do and achieve in your life. And if you put the pictures up there with some powerful words that mean something to you, you'll be able to strive it. There is not one thing that nobody out there can't make you not do. You are the one who can do it. And so there isn't anything out there that will be beyond your means. If you just sure. do that one thing, one step at a time towards your picture, it will come through. Mm. And it's that facado, it's that whole energy field. Sure, and being around some positive people too very, very much helps you. If you so want to make a change... You must do something a little bit different. Get on the other side of the bed. Put your socks on on the left-hand side. Get your brain reactive. Do something that's totally opposite. Mm. Okay? You know, do those sorts of things, Greg. I mean, they're, they're very important to us. Um, just to learn how to re-breathe again. There are fantastic programs just to breathe because we don't breathe correctly. Wow. We don't take enough energy in us. You know, one of the first things that whenever an ambulance comes, if you get injured, what are the first thing they do? They put an oxygen mask on you. There's a reason why, because you could be low on oxygen. Mm. So, Greg, if that was one of the parts, I mean, I have many, but just to share that part there, please put a picture in front of you and visualize it. Look at it and just do one thing towards it, and you'll be able to build your field of dreams. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, George. So just at the time we got left, we found out there's this tool that's out there for us as Māori to take, the Tūri Whenua Act, 1993, We've uh, opened it up, uh, section two one eight. We've we've int- got an introduction. Uh, why was this thing brought into being? Uh, who's it there for? Us. A little bit about some of the potential uses of the document, and most interestingly for me is this housing part. But there's a lot more going on here. Right. Uh, this this tax you're saying it's a, not having to pay tax under a Maori title. Yeah, you uh, but certain, having a trustee sure. as a as an underwriter, so I start thinking about collective hapu level communities buying developments. That's what goes through is going through my head. We come together and uh, and, and get savvy community mm-hmm. around this doing mm-hmm. hapu as community, yes. and doing doing community, getting back to being a collective uh, as opposed to the the colonial individual thing, which is not even in us. We're not even made that way. So we're wondering why we're struggling and can't get out of a hole. Well, because you're not supposed to be an individual to start with, right? We're well, supposed to be a collective. So just that's just some of the quick thoughts that come to me as we wrap sort of coming out of this first part of the of it tonight, George. And that, that is awesome. You know, taking their time, just thinking about that. So for our listeners at home, that I 
think there's a can I even use the word hope? Sure. There's sure. some hope in the house. <laughs> uh, in the house in the furry. <laughs> Literally, it I'm holding been, it in my hand. We've it, been it's been there since reading my arm. It's been there since my arm, and it's in you. So, Ricardo and the Tinano inside you, yeah. and it's the part. All right. Part. So, um, for our listeners, I mean, that's really almost as much as we've got, but I'm going to invite you, George, just as we, we finish up. Uh, remember, too, for our listeners, those that missed it, uh, tonight we've been talking about the Tūri Whenua Act with uh, George Hamilton and finding out that there's some incredible things in here for us to use. Now, George, you've got a little whittle to give to our listeners, and I've encouraged George to leave this uh, as his summary uh, as he's been challenging me and everyone around us. So I, I think it's really appropriate. And uh, so no my heart on my George. Oh, kia ora, Stephen. Well, look, it's like a lot of things, uh, folks. So this part here is really special to us, but the abbreviation of beneficiary to the state. Now, most of us don't realise we're a beneficiary to the state, and the only way you really want to understand that is if your mother never actually registered you at, at birth, death, and marriage when you were born, uh, she, they actually want to go and imprison her because they need you as a chattel. But you also have the right to be a native Aboriginal Māori as well. So you have yep. the right to go back to internal affairs, state your tūpuna, your wakapapa, your whenua, your awa, your waka, your marae, and all of those parts, and then you can become a native Aboriginal, which then you come under the governance of the Governor-General. Understand that part there, beneficiary to the state, to the native Aboriginal, and the golden fields are really yours to cherish. Kia ora. Kia ora. Wow. Beneficiary to the state, eh? Uh, so, woo, for our listeners, uh, for all of us, ourselves included, uh, we've just been challenged. What mindset are we carrying? Uh, beneficiary of the state, dependent, uh, subservient, uh, and all of those rights and re- things that come with that, or according to this, which in my view, is an extension of our tūpuna, taking those things forward, extending on that, that mātauranga, whakamana and rawa, those resources, the influence and the, and the knowledge, uh, taking that forward. I like this one. I like this one. So there you have it. <laughs> Our first session uh, with uh, George, uh, definitely George. Uh, we, we, I think we'll get you back a few times, uh, many times, and we'll take our time, eh? We'll take our time uh, around this. I think this is very important, uh, particularly for our rangatira that are listening uh, tonight and also our children that want to get into a first home and can't. You know, as you say, changing the mindset. Where do you sit I think we're asking a lot of the wrong questions, maybe. We say, well, what about this? What about that? Well, actually, how about the fact of of where your mindset as a beneficiary to the state is? And then we've been entrapped into that. 75% of Māori, I think, living in urban areas. You know, we've got to face up to this reality and find a better way forward. Otherwise, we're going to be 90% of us not living in a home, which means you don't have legacy, you don't have equity. And we know it's disproportionate when you're renting. Health goes down for tamariki and pakeke. Your well-being, you don't feel as well. Simple as that. If you don't have that whare, as but for us as Māori, it's a community, eh? 
it's a community. We've, it's how we're going to get there, I think. Uh, and I look forward to getting you back on the program and uh, seeing how we can take that forward. So kia ora, George. Thank you very much. Kia ora, Stephen, and kia ora to your So we'll just finish off here this tonight. Aapiti hono tātai hono. To hunga mate ke te hunga mate. Aapiti hono tātai hono. To hunga ora ke te hunga ora. Nō reira. Tēnā koutou. Tēnā koutou. Tēnā koutou katoa. Kia ora. Kia ora.